Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. If you're glad to be here, say amen. 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 Let's all stand. We want to open this service in prayer. And I'm going to ask Brother Dale Hunter to come and pray for us. Father God in heaven, Lord, we know that we've been taught from our youth up to honor the name of God. We want to honor it right now. We want to give you thanks for all things. For it's unto you that we live and move and have our being, Lord, and we cannot walk without you holding our hand. This world is in your hand. God, all the problems, all the things that are happening, Lord, and men's hearts are continually evil and Lord, we look into you, the author and finisher of our faith. Increase our faith, Lord, and bless these that are here today. I know there's probably some that are that, that don't feel too good today, but they're here. There's some that are in the hospital. There's some in the nursing home. God, there's just people that need your help and your comfort, Lord. But the greatest need on the face of this earth is those that are going to Broadway to hell and destruction. Lord God, you, it's not your will that they perish. And I just pray, God you give us grace this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Main standing, page 28. Thank you. 
standing page 292. Tuesday night and Wednesday, and they did all kinds of stress tests and everything. Couldn't find anything heart-related, but I thank you for the prayers. Still don't know what's going on, but y'all pray for me, and I appreciate all the prayers already. Thank you.
Sometimes I wake up in the morning, see I've made it through the night. I listen for my family, sure enough, they're all right. As we gather round the table, bow our heads in thankfulness.
that I need to make. Um, on Wednesday nights, we are studying through the book of Acts. Uh, please come be with us. We're, it's, a, it's a loaded book, almost every word in that book. 
is just loaded with truth. And so you come and be with us on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And we'll go through the book of Acts together. We're in chapter 2. And so you come be with us. On October the 2nd, things like this is hard for me to announce. And, uh, but anyway, on October the 2nd is Pastor Appreciation Day. And I was in my office and I read that. And I said, Lord, I sure thank you for a church that loves me. And would even think of doing anything like that. And I appreciate it from the depths of my heart. I know pastors out there that their church don't ever even consider such. And this church has been mighty good to me and I sure do appreciate it. Then on October the 6th through the 9th, we're going to be having a church-wide fast. And what we do during that time, the Lord's just laid it on my heart to leave the church this way. Um, he used several instances of the preaching of Brother Keith Shoemaker a couple of Sunday nights ago, then a text that I received from one of our members. And the Lord just used that as a as a confirmation that he wanted me to lead our church into a church-wide fast. And what we'll do on the 6th of October will be the day we start. And uh, I'm going to be preaching about fasting next Sunday morning. So you be here to understand some more things about what fasting really means and what the purpose of it is. But on the 6th of October, we'll enter our fast together. And at lunchtime will be our last meal together. Then on the ninth, that following Sunday, we'll break our fast together here at the church. There will be no Sunday school that morning. We'll come and we'll enter into morning service. And then we'll break our fast together over in the fellowship hall. We're catering in some food. And we're asking everybody just to bring some sides that'll go along with what, what Miss Teresa? Where's she at? She's not even in here. Uh, I think barbecue. Some sides that'll go with barbecue, something like a T-bone steak, inch and a half, medium well, something like that would be real good with that. But anyway, we'll break our fast together on, on the 9th, and during that time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge the church to be praying for some things. So you please, please remember these things. Uh, also, this coming Wednesday night for our WANA program is sports night, and uh, so... Uh, remember that over here on our bulletin down on the bottom right hand side we've got it's that time of year again and we're taking up food for our food baskets so that we can give them out around thanksgiving and be a blessing last year we gave out over a hundred food baskets to some families that needed them during that time and what we're asking is for you to please bring some non-perishable items which include green beans mac and cheese cranberry sauce and i understand that there's a shortage already on stuffing so if you can find some stuffing get it and uh, if you need reimbursing we'll, we'll reimburse you for it but please get some some uh some stuffing also i wanted to mention something to you i i was looking at the bulletin this morning before i made uh when i was in my office before service started and i noticed something over here we have nursery helpers and Sister Teresa Bennett is over our nursery, and she she uh, directs it. She makes sure that it's filled every every service. But I noticed something on this coming Wednesday night. It's got Teresa Bennett on Sunday morning. Teresa Bennett Sunday night. Teresa Bennett Wednesday night. 
Teresa Bennett. I called her out into the hallway, and I said, Sister Teresa, this can't be. She said, Brother John, we're having a shortage of ladies to help. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of positions here at the church that I don't, mean, I don't mean this to sound wrong, but there's just a, there's some positions of this church that are thankless positions that uh, we don't ever consider you know, the, the need for them and them, the people that can, I think about the nursery during um, Sunday school hour. I hear the ladies in there and they're trying their best to teach the little classes, the little children, and they have a lot of things going on. And I think, Lord, please touch them and please bless them. And please let the word of God be effective while they're in there. And I know they go through a lot just to be able to hold that class in the, the nursery is another one of those positions that we just don't give a lot of attention to. But we need ladies that will volunteer their time and their efforts to please help us during our, our uh, services, that the nursery might have at least two workers in it at all times. So if you will, please let God touch your heart about this. There's something you can do for God, and, and uh, this is one of those things that we're asking you to please uh, consider. I remember years ago, I'd just gotten saved. I was excited about doing anything for the Lord. It did not matter to me what it was. And our pastor, Dr. Greg Pierce, got up and made a plea like I'm making right now. And uh, he said, we need nursery workers. We need helpers. And I went and volunteered. I said, I'll, I'll help. I'll do anything I can to help here at the church. And I meant it. I, I didn't know that it was just a late, mainly a ladies only thing, but I just wanted to give my time and to whatever the Lord wanted. And uh, so you consider this and please help us in this endeavor. It is a, a position that is, is greatly needed and of a great benefit to our church. So if you will, please let Sister Teresa, if God would touch your heart, Please let Sister Teresa Bennett know after service, and she'll put you on the list to help out, and we will appreciate it. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to do something this morning. This, uh, how many of you were here when Snyder Turner came through on a Sunday morning? Y'all remember Brother Snyder coming through? Well, that morning, you remember Brother Snyder uh, got up and made a plea uh, for us to pray for him that they would be able to get a, I think they call them house parents, to, uh, to work in their ministry. And I'd forgotten all about this, honestly, I had. And uh, that morning, the Lord touched my heart, and I had Brother Snyder come down, and we all gathered around him, and we prayed that God would fill that position and uh, earlier this past week, I got a voicemail from Brother Snyder Turner. And I, I, want, I want every person here to, to listen to this voicemail. You know, sometimes people say, well, what kind of ministry is that church have? What? I believe that God has given us a ministry of prayer here at this church. And I believe God listens when this bunch of people get together to pray. But I want you to listen to what Brother Snyder Turner says, Ken. Oh, I'm calling him. No, I don't want to call him. <laughs> Here we go. Wait a minute. 
I got my phone on silent. I'll get there. Hang on. Uh, I do. I need anybody that knows how to run a iPhone. I'm trying to turn the volume up and. Hey, brother John Snyder Turner from Calvary. I want to call again. Thank y'all for what you did for the prayer that you had at the end of the service. You don't know how many times I have told other churches about about Murrayville and what you guys did. Um, that was one of the most humbling things ever for me was to see an entire church uh, in the altar specifically to pray for God to send us house prayers. But I would like for you to know that the next day, you, we had the altar prayer. The next day, Brian, one of our, our campus director, was giving a tour to some people who have been doing Bible studies there, great couple. And, they, and he was telling about, we're praying, and told him about Merva praying. And he said, well, you know, what about us? Can we be considered? So I wanted you to know, you're the first person I want to call after, uh, after the prayer. We hired them today, just about an hour ago. Those folks will be coming on board. The great people we trust and that God will use them in a mighty way. So I want you to share that with your precious folks. Let them know God heard their prayer the next day. The next day, this guy said, hey, would y'all consider us? What about us? So we've been going through the interviewing process, and it's taken seemingly forever. But uh, got it done, and uh, Lord willing, they'll be coming on the middle of October. So uh, praise the Lord. Thank you for being a friend. But more than anything else, thank you for what you did by bringing the church down to pray for us. That was one of the most moving things uh, in my time at Calvary, which is quite lengthy, frankly. Love you guys. Hope the Lord continues to bless you. Thank you for being a friend. God bless. Just wanted you to know first. Well, thank you, Merville Baptist, for praying. I got a couple of things I need to. Uh, I know the uh, second Sunday in October, we do celebrate that as Pastor Appreciation Day. And that is the only time that we do take up a special offering. And uh, that'll go to Brother John and Sister Debbie. So dig deep and give that Sunday for, uh, for the Pastor Appreciation Day. And uh, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. So don't just consider that one day. If you can, take them out to eat or take, do something for them, cook for them or something. During that month, and let them know that we really appreciate them. And uh, I had one other thing that I was going to tell you, but I forgot. So, you know, that's part of senior citizens. <laughs> most important thing. Oh, yeah. Choir is supposed to go sing October 19th. So, we're calling our service off on that Wednesday. So, choir, you ready to go over to <laughs> Yeah, we will be singing. I'll let you know. He's all I need when I just need someone to talk to. He's always there to hear my prayer each time. 
of that song. Psalms 119 this morning, Psalm 119. Psalms chapter 119. When you find that uh, passage of scripture, the longest psalm, longest chapter in the entire word of God, 176 verses. Psalm 119, when you find that, if you'll stand, honor the reading of God's word, Psalm 119. Got a few verses of scripture that I want to highlight from this this, uh, chapter of Psalm 119. There's two things whenever I turn, especially to this chapter, there's two things that uh, I'm reminded of. The first thing is the book of Psalms. I'll never forget the first associate pastor I had, Brother David Beckham down in Waycross. He was a a precious, precious uh, man, precious child of God. And uh, he got up one Sunday night to preach for us, and he said, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms. And he kept saying it, the book of Psalms, Psalms, Psalms. And all through his message, he would reference the book of Psalms. So after service, I gathered him to the side and I said, Brother David, it's not Psalms, it's Psalm. He said, God put that P there for a reason. <laughs> I didn't argue with him anymore after that. I said, you, you call it whatever you want to, amen. Then I'm reminded of this. Uh, we were still in the storefront building uh, down in Waycross where I started Bible Baptist Church years ago. And I put forth a challenge to the church. I said, anybody that will memorize Psalm 119, 176 verses, I said, this church will buy you the Bible of your choice. Whatever Bible you want, we'll buy it for you. My piano player memorized Psalms 119. She got up and and started quoting Psalm 119 one day during a service. And I think she got about halfway through and I said, good enough, good enough, good enough. I didn't, we didn't have time for all 176 verses, but she memorized the entire Psalm 119. I was telling Leif Dugway, the man who tunes our piano, I was telling him that illustration one day as we were just fellowshipping around the word of God. Did you know God spoke to his heart and Brother Leaf told me that he is memorizing Psalm 119 and committing it to memory? And it might be a good challenge for somebody in here today to memorize Psalms 119, 176 verses. I bet you there'll be somebody in here that'll, that'll take that challenge. I bet you. Psalm 119, I've got a little thought on my heart and pray that God will use it in all of our hearts to, uh, to challenge all of us this morning. I want you to look in Psalms 119 in verse number, let's begin in verse number 25. David says it like this. He said, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. And he's low. Can I, can I say it like that? David is very low at this point in his life. Look what he asked the Lord to do. He said, quicken me according to thy word. 
Quicken me, Lord, according to that word. Lord, I'm, I'm as low as a snake's belly in dust. God, please quicken me according to thy word. Look in Psalms uh, verse, uh, verse number 107. Verse number 107. Look what he says right here. He said, I am afflicted very much. And then he says this, quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. I'm afflicted, God. There's things come against me and I'm afflicted. Oh God, please quicken me according to thy word. Look in Psalms 119, 154. He said, plead my cause and deliver me. He said, God, there's some things come against me and I need deliverance. He said, God, please quicken me according to thy word. And then just a couple of more verses. Verse 159, he said, Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. I want to draw your attention to the fact that David is going through a lot of different things in his life. A lot of different emotions. Things that bring him low. Things that afflict him. Things that torment him. Things that come against him and hold him in bondage. He said, God, there's something I need you to do for me. I need you to quicken me. Quicken me, O oh God, according to thy word. Well, take that little phrase, that little thought, quicken me according to thy word. Preach for a little while with this thought in mind. A Bible revival. A Bible revival. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, this morning, we love you so much, Lord, and thank you so much for loving us and being so good to us. Lord, we don't deserve the mercies and graces of God that are new to us every morning. Lord, here we are, Lord, a blessed people, and we're thankful. And Father, as we uh, enter this portion of this service today, I thank you for what our ears have heard in the singing. The choir did a tremendous job. Thank you, Lord, for our musicians, those that run the PA system, and all those uh, that minister, Lord, in this, in this church. Thank you for them. I'm asking you, Lord, a special favor even now. God, help me. God, help me, please. Lord, I want to be of benefit to these dear people, Lord. I want to feed your sheep, and I want to feed them well. So I'm asking for the touch of God to please be upon me even now. And I'm thankful for everything that you'll accomplish and all that you'll do. For it's in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray and ask. And all of God's people said, Amen. You be seated this morning. The psalmist of this psalm, Psalm 119, is experiencing a lot of different uh, emotions in his life, going through a lot in his life. Matter of fact, the whole, the entire book of Psalms is a book about highs and lows in a child of God's life. You'll read about the afflictions, you'll read about the triumphs, you'll read about every kind of emotion that can be uh, experienced down here by us. 
You'll find them in the book of Psalms. The writer of this psalm, as I said, he's going through a lot in his life. There's a lot of things come against him. A lot of things afflicting him. A lot of things that are, that are holding him back, seemingly. And he cries out to God several times in this one psalm. He said, God, there's something I need you to do for me. I need you to quicken me according to thy word. And when you first read that phrase, maybe it doesn't strike you, but it struck me one day as I was reading through there and I noticed in other portions of the scriptures that that same phrase is used where someone writing would say, Lord, quicken me according to thy word. And I got to thinking about that one day and I began praying that in my own life that God would quicken me according to his word. I didn't understand the full implications of that that phrase or that thought, but I would pray it just as a, a matter of prayer. Lord, quicken me according to thy word. And then I began studying it and looking at it and considering this phrase and this thought, and I began wondering, Lord, just what was the, the writer of these verses? What were they asking you for? Well, I looked up some of the words and I began considering them, and I, I looked at the word quickening, quicken. And I realized by definition that that word means to be made alive. It means to give life to. It means to nourish, to recover. It means to restore, to repair. And it means this, to revive. That's what the word quicken means. And he was asking the Lord to give him a revival according to his word. Not just another emotion he had. He had his feel of emotions. They were up, they were down, they were in, they were out, they were on, they were off. The emotions of life were not helping or sustaining him. He said, Lord, I need a revival according to your word. I need a revival, a Bible revival in my life. I need a real revival of God. I, I need God to touch me. I need God to fill me again. I need the joy of the Lord back down. I need God to move in my life again. Oh God, quicken me. Make me alive. Revive me, Lord, according to thy word. In this one psalm, you'll read uh, the expression about the word of God over and over and over. Matter of fact, 42 times in these 176 verses, the word word is used, referencing the word of God. In there, you'll find out that, that the, the psalmist will mention the word of God in many with many different titles. He'll call, he'll call the word of God his testimonies. We call them God's precepts, his statutes, thy commandments, thy judgments, the way, and then naturally he'll call it the word of God. I'm so thankful that we've got the word of God today. If it hadn't been for this old book that I have on my desk this morning, I would not be here today. I, I honor and I tribute all of my, all that I am to what that book is in my life. You know, the measure of any man is his relationship with God's book. I've looked at preachers down through the years. I've been in meetings with other preachers. I sit across from them and I'll watch them and I'll, I'll analyze them. I'll study them. I'll, I'll look at them because 
I just, I wonder what makes that man what he is. And then I watch how he, how he looks at this book and how he, how he fares with this book. And I realize this, that the measure of any person's, any child of God's life is their relationship with this book. Psalmist is begging God for revival. He said, God, I need a revival. I don't need, I don't need anything else. I need you. To give me a Bible revival in my life. This one psalm, you read through it, and I, I did earlier in the week, and I found out from this one psalm, 176 verses, that the Word of God will cleanse you, that it will keep you from sin. The Word of God will keep you from being forgetful. The Word of God will give new life to you. The Word of God will strengthen you. The Word of God will establish you. It will give you the right answers. The Word of God will give you hope. It will give you comfort. It will cause you to seek the favor of God. The Word of God will cause you to return to the Lord. It will cause you to long for more of the Word of God. The Word of God will bring sweetness to your life. It will give you light. It will be a shield to your mind. It will bring boldness to your life. The Word of God, it will give you good understanding. It will order your steps. Through life, it will cause you to love the Lord as you should. It will give you good things to think about. It will bring deliverance to your life. And it will give you something to talk about. And finally, it will bring revival to your life. I say, God, give us a Bible revival in our lives and in this church. How does the Bible bring a revival to any of our lives? I want to say this by being. Number one, the final authority for our lives. You say, Brother John, why? I hear you mention that a lot about the final authority, the Bible being our authority. Why is that so important in any of our lives? Because the foundations are being destroyed all around us today. I mean, the foundation of the home, the foundation of the church, all of them are under attack today. And what? What used to be normal is not normal anymore. It's abnormal. And they're just, if it's freaky, they're for it today. If it's against the word of God, they're for it today. But I say, God, I thank you for the foundations that are found in the book of God. And thank God they'll never change. They'll never change. The foundations are being destroyed all around us. You think about marriage. Why well, they want to tell us that two men can be married or two women can be married. And they're destroying the foundations of our heritage today. They're destroying what God put together. In the beginning, God made one man and one woman and put them two together. And he said, you be fruitful, you multiply, you replenish, you have children. And that was God's intent for the home. But now today, they're destroying those foundations. And thank God for the final authority of God's holy word in our lives. Not only that, but the foundation of the church is being destroyed. Being it's under attack today, I saw, I saw this one advertisement for, I, I don't know whether it's a church or not. They didn't never say they were, but this is what they advertise themselves as being. The church for, or the, the place for people who don't like church. I thought, my God, what is it then? Is it a club? Is it a, is it a, a bar? Is it... Some, what is it? What, 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 what are they advertising? 
the place for people who don't like church. I don't know about you, but I, I kind of like church. I like going to the house of God. I like it when the saints of God are gathered together and we hear songs about, about Jesus Christ. I like it. I love church. It's where I got saved. It's where I got called to preach. It's where I learned about the home. It's where I've learned the things of God in my life. I thank God for the church today. This book is our final authority. Things that used to be a given. This is the way it is. This is the way it was. This is the way it shall be. Those days are over. I mean, if it's against this book, they're for it today. They're for it. I heard a clip the other day. Uh, I forget where it was. I, was. I think I was in my truck. It was on the radio. And they're playing a clip of ex-president uh, Bill Clinton. And they were, uh, he, was at a, he was at a major university in, in the United States. And he was the guest speaker. He was the one giving the commencement speech. And this is what he said. And they were playing this part of, the, of his speech. He said, I want y'all to remember talking to university students. Now, students who are learning who are in an institution for learning. He said, I want every one of you to remember this. There's no such thing as final authority. Yes, there is. And Bill Clinton's going to find out about it one day. When he stands in front of God Almighty and God opens this book. This book is our final authorities for all things, for the home, for the government. It's our final authority for finances, for businesses. It's our final authority for relationships. It's our final authority for the church of Almighty God. This book is it. Thank God for that. And I want to say this. This book is the final authority for the last days too. And I thank God to know in these last days, these days which we're living I'm glad to know that we've got a final authority. This book will bring a revival to your life if you look at it as it is. It is the final authority for every one of us breathing here today. Common sense is out the window. The compass of morality is, is just mocked today. And anybody with any kind of character about them is made fun of. Foundation of the home is challenged. Foundation of the church is challenged. Anything that's normal is challenged today. And the Bible asks this question in Psalms 11, verse number 3. If the foundations shall be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? If our foundations are going to be destroyed all around us, what are we to do? We're to turn back to this old Bible and realize that what God said is right. It is true. It is just. It is the final authority for all matters of life. This book is it. And I get a witness right there. Stay with this book. Don't leave this book. Stay with this book. I remember what old brother Milton Taylor used to say. He says, stay in the book till the book stays in you. Stay in the book till the book stays in you. I'm, I'm a, of a mind just like Brother Milton Taylor. You stay in that book till the book stays in you. This book is our final authority. Thank God for that. The Bible says over there in the book of Matthew chapter 7, the ending of chapter 7, Jesus had been teaching for Matthew 5, 6, and 7 without even drinking a glass of water. He taught the people many truths during those chapters. 
And he got to the end of that chapter and he remember he told him about the man building his house upon a solid rock or a man building it on sand. And he got done and this is what the Bible says. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus Christ is the authority. His book is the final authority. You can trust this book when you, can, you cannot trust ABC, CBS, NBC, or Fox News. You can trust what this book says. It is our final authority. Our country, in its very beginning, had to fight its way through. The first half of this country, the recorded history of it, men uh, picked up arms. And they fought. We had a civil war. We had a revolutionary war right here on the land of America. And we had to fight our way through with guns in the first half of, of this founding of this country. And I want to say this. In the last half of this country, we have got to fight with this book. This book is being challenged on every side. And if it's a time for us to have a Bible revival, it's now Christians need to pick up the Bible once again. We need to pick up the book of God and proclaim it as it is and let this world know that there is a final authority and it is God Almighty's word. Lord, quicken me according to thy word. Lord, don't let what the world's saying get to my mind. Don't let the, what the world is Proclaiming, don't let it affect me, God. Please quicken me according to thy word. Stay in this book till it stays in you. I love certain verses of this book. I love Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I love Psalms 1. I think Sister Marlene has memorized Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. I'm thankful to be on God's side. I'm thankful thankful to know that this book is the final authority in my life in this world and thank God God Almighty is still in control he's not lost the control of this thing he is still the final authority amen we were talking the other day I believe it well it was yesterday oh and by the way thanks to all of you that came and helped us clean up the fellowship hall brother Tim Mitchell came and we were talking and we were talking about final authority and things like that. And we've got to talk about things that are happening around us. I said, Brother Tim, you know why they're happening? I said, because God has ordered it to happen. God, God, God is letting things happen the way that they're happening. Because things are going to line up just like this book said they're going to line up. Don't ever forget that our God is still in control. Satan is not in control. God Almighty is in control of this thing. This book is the final authority in life. Oh God, please revive me according to thy word. Stay around the book. Don't, don't let anything else. I was watching one here a little while back. We went to bed and we was watching some news. Before we went to bed, 
just to try to catch up on some weather to see what the weather was going to be the next day. And they had a, they had, you know, those special investigative reports that they have, you know, the news guys will go out and they'll investigate this, they'll investigate that, and they'll, they'll have a big special news report. Well, their, their special investigative report for that day was about this woman who was going to get married this particular day. And her wedding cake did not make it to the wedding. It was, it was the end of the world for her. I mean, they, they were interviewing her, and you would have thought somebody had murdered somebody. She was saying, I demand justice. That, that cake company didn't deliver my cake. And you know that's the most special day of a woman's life. And now my entire marriage is ruined because my cake was not delivered. I thought to myself, that ain't saying much for her husband, is it? I mean, her, her whole marriage is ruined over a cake. <laughs> Poor old guy, I, I feel for him. And she was demanding justice over this. I thought, my God, this, this entire world's losing its mind. They're all out of whack. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what's important. But thank God this book still gives me the truth. And thank God for it being my final authority in life. Not only is it my final authority, it is faith, faith's anchor. When your faith gets weak, this thing will anchor you back in the faith. The Son of God. And thank God this book, whenever you are lacking, this book will supply your every need of faith that you need. I love, I love Hebrews 4, verse number 1 and 2. It said, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the word preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit, being mixed with faith. In them that heard it. You know where people go wrong with this book? They'll hear a man get up and start preaching. They'll mix it with feeling. Oh, I don't like what he said. It hurt my feeling. And they'll mix it with feelings. And next thing you know, your feelings has got you sitting at the house. You've got to mix the preaching of this book with faith. 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 God will straighten everything else out. You say, Brother John, do you mean that you're always preaching exactly what's right? No, God's going to straighten us all out when we get to heaven. Can I get a witness right there? I mean, he's going to straighten the Catholics out. He's going to straighten the Methodists out. He's going to straighten the Pentecost. And I got news for you. He's going to straighten many a Baptist out. He's going to straighten us all out when we get there. There ain't no man preaching it just 100% right on, uh, spot on. But you've got to mix what you're listening to by faith. By faith, by faith. It's faith that'll get you through the hard times. He said, God, please, please quicken me according to your word. Oh God, I don't want to go through life depending on the way I feel. If you go through life depending on your feelings, you'll be, you'll be a wreck in life. I promise you that. If you go through life and just depending on the way you feel and the way you look at things, your life will be on skid row before, before it's over. If you go through life looking at things by sight, you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be overwhelmed by the giants in your life. But when you mix your life in faith, that is when God will bless. Faith will see you to the other side. There's many a thing that goes on in life in all of our lives. 
many things happen to all of us. We all get uh, depressed. We all get discouraged. We all get disheartened. We all have things happen in our lives and it discourages our hearts. But it is faith in that book. And it is a, this book is a faith that is an anchor to our, to our lives. And thank God this book will get you through those times of life. This book will. I want to challenge all of you. Get back to the book. Get back to the book. Don't let the book just hang around in your life. Don't let it be just Wednesday and Sundays that you pick up this old blessed book. Read it and look at it and let it, let it do something for you. Get back to this book. It's, nothing else is going to work for you. You can run here and run there and do this and do that. You can look for this, look for that, run to this thing, run to that thing. But there's not but one thing that's going to bring faith back to your life. And it's this book. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Only faith will see us through these times in which we live. You know where our faith began? Our faith began with God. In the beginning, God created that's where our faith begins, and our faith will end with God Almighty. And thank God, faith will see us from the beginning to the end, and we'll, we'll wind up with Jesus Christ one glorious day. And what a blessing that's going to be in that glorious day. Faith will do so much for us. It'll give you back your joy. It'll give you shout back. It'll give you vision back. It'll give you hope back. Faith will give you everything that you're looking for in life. It'll give you, if you'll just let this book build you back into faith. But I want to say lastly, this Bible will bring revival because it is our future assurance. I know where I'm going when I die. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I know that I'm saved. Brother Edward Dixon called me this morning. I didn't catch the call to begin with. I was getting ready for the day. He called and left a message and I called him back and we were talking. And we were talking about different things. And I said, Brother Edward, I said, I love being saved. I love being a child of God. I love knowing that my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's nothing that, a, there's no amount of money could be given any of us to replace knowing that you know that you know that you know you're saved. I love being a child of God. There's been a lot of things that's happened in life. A lot of things, a lot of water that's gone up under the bridge of my life. But I can look up toward heaven and say this one thing. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. And I'm glad this morning that I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And there's nothing else that matters in life. It doesn't matter. People are worried about this. They said, Jesus said one of the last marks of, of the end days was men's hearts failing them for fear of things coming to the earth. And you look at people and people are at their wits end today. They're wondering, are we in a financial recession? The answer to that is yes. They say, they wonder, is our government collapsing in front of our eyes? The answer to that is yes. All of these things are happening. But this one thing I know. This one thing I know. This book. This book. 
is it. I'm going to trust this book and stay with this book until Jesus calls me out of this thing. I don't have any... Brother Edward asked me this morning, he said, you, you, preaching, you preaching something from the Word? I said, I said, Brother Edward, I don't have anything else to preach. I don't have any stories to tell. And thank God I don't. I don't have, I don't have any fables to tell. All I've got is what this book is. And that's all I've got to give you. I don't have anything else. I, I get in it at the first of the week. You know what I you know what happens to me? I get done with a service and I by the end end of a service, normally I'm so defeated. My we'll get in the car, my wife will say, That was a good message. I said, No, it wasn't. I know it wasn't. And I just get so defeated by the end of a message, but you know what I'm doing? I'm thinking about the very next message. What am I going to preach next? What am I going to give them next? What am I going to feed them next? And my daily prayer is, God, I want to feed your sheep and I want to feed them well. I want to give them something from this book that's going to help them through life. Lord, I know that this book is the answer. And God, I want to see a Bible revival. I want to see your book do something in people's lives again. So many times, and especially in the day and age in which we're living, People are looking for a personality to get them through rather than they are the Bible. Oh, this preacher, boy, he's really, he's really charismatic. He's really this, he's really that. And they're looking for a personality to get them through. There's not but one thing going to get us through, brethren. It's this blessed old Bible. I don't care what you're looking for in life. This Bible is the answer. It'll help your home. It'll help your head. It'll help your hope. It'll help everything of your life if you'll just pray like this psalmist did and said, God, please quicken me according to your word, Lord. Lord, according to that book, God, give me a revival. Lord, I don't, I don't need something else. I don't need another emotion. Lord, I need a revival down in my soul according to your Bible. God, give me a revival. Sister Julie, would you come sing that song again that you sang for a special? He's all I need. He's all we need. This book is what we need, brethren. It's not, it's not another this or that. It's this. That's what we need. As we stand all across this auditorium this morning, I'm going to ask you, would you gather with me? sing to pray would you gather with me to pray and beg God for a Bible revival in your life in your heart would you gather with me saying God please please oh God quicken me 